If God is good, why does he permit evil? Welcome to episode 45 of Anglican Catechesis, where we're learning to follow Jesus on the Anglican way. Today we'll be covering questions 209 through 216, and to be a Christian in Anglican Catechism, the official catechism of the Anglican Church in North America. I'm Father Kurt Hine, Rector of Light of Christ Anglican Church in Georgetown, Texas, joined today by my co-catechist, Father Isaac Rayberg, Rector of All Saints Anglican Church in San Antonio, Texas. But before we begin, let's start with a prayer. This is proper 16 from the Book of Common Prayer. Let your, continue, let your continual mercy, O Lord, cleanse and defend your church. And because it cannot continue in safety without your help, protect and govern it always by your goodness through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Question 209. What is the seventh petition? The seventh petition is, but deliver us from evil. So 210, what is evil? Evil is the willful perversion of God's will. Evil defies God's holiness, violates his law, enslaves us to sin, and mars his good creation. Yeah, willful perversion. That's really good. Um, you know, this this isn't this isn't a mistake. This is uh this is setting out to oppose the Lord. Right. And yes, and evil doesn't have isn't a thing in itself. Um, what it does is it perverts a good thing. And so the thing that it's a perversion of is God's will for the world. God created the world. Everything he created is good. We learned that in Genesis 1 and 2. Evil comes in and it perverts that. It twists what is good through an act of the will that is against what God desires for the way that he created all things. That, that is evil. Evil defies God's holiness. It defies, it violates his law, the way that he has put things together. And then it has um, marked effects on us and our relationships and, and, the, and the world. Yeah. It mars his good creation. You know, so the best way to think about it is like, a, it's like a disease, right? If the body is, is healthy, right? Everything is working together in harmony and and um is flourishing as god intended right a disease comes in like a virus starts breaking all of that down right um the virus can't live on its own <laughs> it needs a host yeah. and it's and evil is like this right? it, it is like a disease of something that is good yeah yeah and it, it it evil did not have to be created because it's a perversion of good not something of itself like you said Right, like darkness. Yeah. And this is why the metaphor of light and darkness is so powerful when we talk about good and evil. Yeah, darkness is not a thing. It's just an, it's an absence of something. Right. You don't you can't you can't shine darkness on something. Right? Darkness right. is simply the absence of there being any photons, right. being any light. And so evil is when something um ought to have something good, um but that thing is missing or twisted in some way. So number 211, if God is good, why does he permit evil? God created rational creatures free to love, obey, and worship him. But we have used our freedom to reject his love, rebel against him, and choose evil. Yet no evil can thwart God's purposes, 
and he is able to use evil to bring about even greater good. Well, there's a lot packed into this. <laughs> yeah, well, one of the one of the places you know that jumps out to me immediately is that yeah, evil, evil does not go counter to God's sovereignty. Um, this is something that that he does permit um and he you know it does not thwart his purposes even if evil is willfully active acting against him right right he's and still it, in charge and part of the reason that it does not um that that evil is not evidence of god not being in charge is the fact that he created his plan was to create as it says rational creatures that means humans as well as angelic rational creatures that had a certain freedom that they partake in God's freedom to an extent so that they have a freedom to love, obey and worship him. Now, yeah. when you have that freedom, as we read in Genesis chapter one, um, or sorry, Genesis chapter two, you have that freedom, that freedom can be perverted, right? It can be twisted. And that is the origin of, of evil. That's the origin of the darkness entering um, the system, as it were. And, and I think it's important to, to note that in this last sentence that, um, as it says, he is able to use evil to bring about an even greater good. Um, good is always the ultimate end. Um, the, 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 the greater good is always, always a thing. And sometimes because of our natural limitations as those who are not infinite, but are rather finite, we can have troubles imagining and seeing that greater good. But, uh, but that's part of where we can trust God. Yeah, we have to leave and he'll even use this. Yeah, we have to trust God that, I mean, the question is if, and, and some people can't believe this, but, but if we trust God, we have to believe that his choice to create free beings with the capacity to love was worth it. Yeah. <laughs> right. It was better. It was in one way better than the alternative, you know, right. a way that we might not always be able to see. Yeah. Right. And, and sometimes, you know, frankly, um, that is hard to believe, you know, when you see people using the freedom, uh, the, the good things that God has given them to do things intentionally evil. It's hard sometimes. You're like, man, it'd be kind of better if this didn't even exist. But we have to trust God that that yes, actually, it was it was good. And and there are um, He has told us things that help us to trust Him in that. Mm -hmm. um, principally, the fact that He knew that well that He He that this God the Son would become human, right, become a man and die for our sins. That He would do that for us. That He would enter that he would enter into a sinful and broken world. And I'm getting ahead of myself, but yeah, yeah. Um, I think that's really important, even at this stage in, in these questions to remember that God is not, you know, when he's permitting evil, he's not doing so as some sort of like absentee landlord from a distance. Right. Right. He, right. he is, he, he is intimately involved. He's intimately all he's fully invested in all of this from the get go. Yeah. And we the, need to remember that. A, a wise thing I heard when dealing with that, that very question of, you know, why would a good God allow evil things to happen um, is really, I was given, I was given, you know, there are two points to, to emphasize and to consider. Number one is the long view, that ultimate greater good. But number two is the incarnation that uh, God went through that himself in the person of Jesus. And we'll talk about that in detail next week. Yeah, that's really good. So question 212, is God responsible for evil? 
No. The sinful choices of his creatures do not implicate God in evil in any way. Um, we, we as his creatures are responsible for what we do. Mm-hmm. You know, God's sovereignty in, in, in no way absolves us from our responsibility for our choices and our actions. Um, right. there, there, there is no, the devil made me do it. Um, you know, we, that freedom means that we are responsible even as God is still sovereign. Yes, we are. Um, our agency is not a mirage. It's, it's real. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah. And we were, so we are responsible for the, the actions that we, that we do. I'm trying, I'm trying to find it here, but in first John chapter one, I remember John saying, um, that God is light and in him, there is no darkness at all. That's first John uh, chapter one, verse five, God is light and in him. There is no darkness at all. So the, so God is not responsible for evil. He is not the source of any darkness because he is pure light he is pure goodness so number 213 we've been talking about our agency but did evil exist before the human race embraced it yes satan had already opposed god and chosen evil when he tempted adam and eve yeah and then kind of figuring out the biblical timeline on this can be a little tricky but but the very fact that the tempter enters into the story <clears throat> at that point, you know, proves that, that, that he had already fallen before our fall. Um, and, and, uh, th- that's, that's a, that's a big part of the story is that it was indeed already there. Yeah. And people like to ask the question, well, how did, how did, why was there a snake in the garden? Right. If it was a, if it was a perfect place. <laughs> <laughs> and I think the answer to this, and, and I, there's a little bit of conjecture here on my part, but you know, Eden is, um, is connected to heaven, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's heaven and earth are joined in a way in Eden. And and you can see that because God is present there. And so it makes a lot of sense that angelic beings would be present there as well. Yeah. Um, and so if we understand Satan to be a fallen angel, and we'll talk a, a more about that here in a moment, then it makes perfect sense why he would be there in the garden. Yeah, I, I recently finished a book um making the argument that Genesis one is a, uh, is a temple narrative that, that, um, you know, the, the garden of Eden is, is God establishing a temple and the seventh day is God resting in the temple because that's what temples are for mm-hmm. is for, 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 um, the gods, or in this case, God to rest in. Um, but there, there are ministers, you know, there are, there are priests and Levites and, um, the angels are among those for, for the Lord. We know that. I mean, remember when Adam and Eve are uh, driven from the garden, what does God do? He sets an angel with a sword to guard it. That's right. So there are are obviously angels there. And then if you go back to the temple imagery, before you get into the Holy of Holies um, in the temple, right, you had these two cherubim. cherubim. And then when you get into the Holy of Holies and on the ark, there are also angels. Two cherubim. Two cherubim there on the actual throne. So, and cherubim, um, you know, is, is the same. That's the same type of angel spoken of in the, the creation accounts that's guarding. So it's kind of a, a guardian portion, you know, role for, right. for angel. So two third two fourteen. What are Satan and his demons? Demons of whom Satan is chief are fallen angels. Satan rebelled against God and led other angels to follow him. 
They now cause spiritual and sometimes physical harm to mortals, and they sow lies that lead to confusion, despair, sin, and death. I mean, this is this is obvious. This is absolutely crucial for understanding the Christian worldview, how we view the world, is that we believe that the spiritual world is real, that there is a mm -hmm. real conflict between forces of darkness and the forces of light. That is not just some sort of theory, but that it is an it is an actual cosmic conflict between light and darkness. And the battleground is often for for we human beings. It is for our souls. Um, you know, it is for our minds. That's 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 where that fight is happening between the uh, the angels and those who rebelled against the angels, or mm -hmm. the angels who rebelled against God and the other angels. Yes. Yeah, the we are the battleground in many sense, in, in in many ways, and a lot of people have have trouble believing in the spiritual world. Um, but what I would say to that is that far more people have experiences with the spiritual world than will talk about it, because there's a sort oh, yeah. of sort of social stigma that goes along with sharing these sort of experiences, and people learn very quickly to self censor. And so what I found is once people find out that you're a safe person to talk to, man, a lot of people have really, really uh, profound encounters, negative and positive um, with the spiritual world. Um, and we also can set up our own blinders and our own filters on this. Right, you know, yeah. our, our default assumptions in our culture is materialistic. It's naturalistic. Yeah. And so we, we, we are able to blind ourselves to that which we don't want to see. Right. In other words, we will, even if it's a very, very tenuous explanation, we will prefer the one that's materialistic to the one that's spiritual. Yeah. yeah. And that makes us blind to the real spiritual things that are happening. And then I think as well that um, Satan likes to, he's kind of caught on to all of this and maybe orchestrated it to a degree, and he's fine with not being noticed. So because he uses much much wiliness, as we said last time. Yeah, he, he's he's cool with that, and and so he'll work in that mode as long as it's helpful for him. Now, if he can get more out of the other mode where he's more blatant, he'll certainly do that. And you see this if you go into cultures that don't have this materialist supposition, presupposition, that there's a lot more just outward manifestations of of the spiritual. And and that should be that should be a um, a warning, you know, as as our culture does begin to um, look at certain spiritual experimentation with a less less taboo than it did. I mean, the New York Times just led. I think it was the Times had an article just a few days ago about how to safely use a Ouija board. I'm like, there is no such thing. I mean, you're no playing with thing. darkness, and and yeah. you are going to be burned by that. You 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 want to see the devil? He will. He you will, and it's not going to be good. Like yeah, like I said, the Satan will will change his strategy. If the yeah. best strategy for you is just kind of not you know just remain hidden with his henchmen, then he'll do that. But if if he senses, oh, actually, it's a better strategy to just reveal myself and and uh, do it that way, he'll do it too. But you don't want. You don't want to do that. There is no safe way to play with a Ouija board. Stay away from right. that. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. Don't, don't, don't mess with the powers of darkness. I mean, goodness it's terrible. gracious. It's like, 
I don't even know if I should say this, but you know, there was a, there was a, we kind of went over, we certainly went overboard with it as a, as a, as a country, but there was a, you know, when the COVID came through, it was, it was right to be careful. Um, why don't we show that same sort of care? We should at least that same sort of care with spiritual things. Cause it's like, right. there is a sense in which um, if you catch it, right. Um, it's, it's a lot of pain and heartache and, and healing that has to happen to, um, to resolve something like demonic oppression. This is not something to, to just play with and pretend like it's some sort of game, which is part of the, the real issue with the Ouija board, right? Because it's always oh, it's just a fun little game. It's not just a fun little game, okay? Don't mess around with that stuff. Yes. So two. I know I'm getting all. I was like, it's hard to follow up on that, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, Sorry, I'm getting all like. Yeah, but it, it, I mean, it's it, this is this is important. Yeah, it, and, it, it is. It is. And, and another yeah, thing, we're, we're recording. We're recording just before Halloween when people like to do that sort of stuff. And right, you know, don't yeah, don't 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 mess with 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 wicked forces. Don't don't mess with spiritual stuff that you don't understand. Um, and the other thing about that is is just because a spiritual being appears to you as a being of light doesn't mean that you should give it carte blanche access to your life and just trust it. Okay. That, that that's why we have the holy scriptures and we're not we're not relying on on um special revelation to hear from God. Yes. I, I've talked to so many people who just have, have have experiences with spiritual things and they're like, oh, it was a nice and pleasant experience. And so they just seek that over and over again, but they don't, they are not really interested in truth. Like they're not really, right. um, they're not critical at all as to what the agenda of the spiritual being was. And if it's even, if it is actually a being of light, Paul himself, I believe it's Paul, right? And the scripture says that, that Satan himself can appear as a, as a being of light. It's a cheap parlor trick. Like it's not hard. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. don't be duped by that. It's important for us to be rooted in truth, to be rooted in scripture, to know the Holy Spirit, and to be in community with other people who do so that we do not fall for, for lies. So for, much wiliness. Sorry. <laughs> Go ahead. Much wiliness. Much wiliness. Yes. Much wiliness. Uh, well, 215. How did Satan and his angels turn to evil? Right. This is this is important, right? Because we've said that evil is not something God created but it's a perversion of the good thing that God has created, namely through uh, the misuse of our will, our freedom. And so angels also having been made as rational beings um, have this ability. So uh, how did Satan and his angels turn evil? Satan and his angels were overcome by envy and pride and rebelled against God. Yeah. Yeah, they, they were created to focus on God. Mm -hmm. And those who rebelled decided to focus on themselves right um that's that's kind of the uh the, the classic um uh, when, when when hooker and aquinas talk about the uh, the law of angels you know how did how did the devil and, and and the demons violate the law of angels and it was taking their eyes off god putting it on themselves and right. then they're overcome by envy and pride right it's and that's really the essence of sin right it's to it's to look for what only God can give in a created thing. Yeah. Yeah. And even if that created thing is yourself. Yeah. That's so right. in the accounts that we have in scripture that mention 
um, the fall of angels and in the way the church has interpreted that it has been envy and pride it's so you have this angel that has incredible power incredible glory but instead of using that as a way to glorify god and benefit the created thing his his will um, his focus becomes set on himself and his own beauty and becomes infatuated by that and and then he becomes envious of, of god and and proud and there there is the birth of of sin so a uh, question 216 what are angels i feel like we should have asked this before <laughs> maybe before the previous yeah, question <laughs> this would this would have been nice to uh to reorder just a little bit um yeah. <laughs> for for our discussion anyway angels are rational spiritual beings created by god God's holy angels joyfully serve him in heavenly worship, and God appoints them to act as messengers, bringing words of guidance and assurance to the faithful and assisting and protecting them. Hmm. So like us, and, and you mentioned this earlier, um, Kurt, that yeah, they, angels are rational, we are rational. Um, they are spiritual beings, we are also spiritual beings, but we're also physical beings. That's really where the big difference, we are both spiritual and physical, they are not. They are, they are, they are rational spiritual beings. We are rational, spiritual, and physical beings. Right. Right. And, and their created purpose is good, right? To joyfully serve God and also to act as messengers. And so they assist and protect um, us, right? And that's what the word angel means, by the way. It means, it means messenger. Um, so while we often speak of all of these rational, spiritual beings created by God um, who joyfully serve him in heaven as, as under the general category of angels, um, you know, the, the word both in Hebrew and Greek specifically does mean a messenger. Right, exactly. Good. And 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 again, um, they're created good, and it's by this willful perversion of God's will that uh, they have chosen evil. And if you want to see some really good passages about this, look at look look up in your prayer book the readings for uh, the Feast of St. Michael and All Angels. Um, is that in September? I think that's in September. And um, either September or August, and you'll find some great passages that talk about these different things. Yes, absolutely. Next week, we're going to be talking about God's answer to evil, um, how he overcomes evil in the world. So we'll see you next week. God bless. Thank you for joining us for Anglican Catechesis, where we're learning to follow Jesus on the Anglican way. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to like, subscribe, share with your friends, and leave a comment below. You can also take Anglican Catechesis with you on the go by subscribing to the podcast. You can find the link in the YouTube description. Lord willing, we look forward to seeing you next week. Until then, may the God of hope fill us with all joy and peace in believing through the power of the Holy Spirit.